whatever it is. High noon. You know, what each of us has to realize on the first day of the year is that an authentic walk with God, a relationship with God, can't be outsourced. You can't ask anybody else to do it for you. There's no way you could get anybody else to do it for you. It's on you. And yes, there will be people along the way who will step in and help. But if you are responsible for your own walk with God, you're the one who has to step in and walk with God every day. And so our text uh, uses this term, it's high time, and it's from Romans chapter 13. This morning, the notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with us. Romans chapter 13. I'm going to read just four verses this morning, and I'll let you remain seated. Verse 11 is where we start. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Let's talk about a real relationship here this morning. Our Father, we thank you that we could be on your in your house on the first Sunday of the year, the first day of the year. Thank you that we can be together as the family of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that we're here to support each other, befriend each other, edify each other. But I pray that you would help us to realize this morning that a real relationship is an individual decision. It's a choice that we each have to make for this day and for this week and for this year. And so I pray that you would help us to make decisions today that are worthy of a Savior who died on a rugged cross for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this topic and I love this season of the year as people are starting with uh, with new decisions and with some urgency and and uh, maybe with some new ideas for their lives and I, I would encourage you uh, to come next Sunday morning at 9 45 as we begin our new life group series for the year it's called it's high time the first topic is urgency and if you've never tried a life group come and try one of our groups as you get the year started, 9.45 on Sunday mornings in January, we're covering this topic. It's high time, and I hope you can come for that. Uh, if you would be praying for my wife and our daughter Autumn and me uh, this week, we leave Tuesday morning to go to India, and uh, we're speaking at a graduation there Friday night, and we'll be in ministry with kids and orphanages and, and all sorts of things over these next 10 days. And I appreciate your prayers, and uh, we have uh, a great staff that's going to keep things moving here. And uh, just just let you know up front that just because the pastor's gone, and you already know I'm going to be gone next Sunday, that's no excuse to stay home, okay? They still keep roll. Uh, I'm just kidding. They don't keep roll. Uh, but, but you should be here, and, and God will bless you for that. I love this book of Romans. 
And uh, the book of Romans is a great book of doctrine. But along with that, it's also a book that contains so many practical steps for the Christian life. And Paul closes this particular section of his letter to this group of believers with urgency about a real relationship with Jesus. About it being high time to wake out of sleep in our relationship with God and to move forward in serving him. And uh, you look at this, it's high time to awake out of sleep. I don't know how well you sleep. I don't know if you've ever tried to wake someone up who did not want to be awakened. And I was thinking back, uh, the first time I went to India several years ago, I took Cody with me, and he was only 14. And he had never, his body had never experienced a long trip, and he had never experienced jet lag. And uh, we had uh, it, we had a 59-hour one-way trip to get there. And we have learned some things since then <laughs> uh, about how to do it. But we, uh, we flew... Uh, Korean Air and Seattle, and then we went to Seoul, and then we went to Mumbai. And in Mumbai, we had an overnight layover, and uh, so we took uh, a taxi to a hotel that we had uh, confirmed, and, and we were going to sleep during the day and then board a, a flight to go to Bangalore and then have another overnight layover and then finally get to Thiruvananthapuram, which is where we fly into and if you can say that five times in a row, you can leave church today, all right? Uh, have you ever told a story in a story? Could I do that? Okay, you remind me what story I'm in, and I'll go to the other story. So once my wife and I were on this bus in Hawaii, and they told us, you cannot get off the bus until you say the name of the Hawaiian state fish, right? Like, this will be easy, right? Say the name of the Hawaiian state fish. That, that's no brainer. And the guy, the bus driver, started saying the name, and it was like 10 miles long. <laughs> right? And like, he just said like a paragraph. And so you're having to pr sit there and practice, and it's humu humu nuku nuku apu a a. Right? This is the state fish of Hawaii. So, anyway, back to my other story. Um, so we were uh, in Mumbai. And we got to the hotel, and it's the middle of the day, and we went to sleep. And I woke up, I was having trouble sleeping. And it got pretty close to time where we had to go to the airport. And I said, okay, Cody, we've got to wake up. Uh, we've got to go back to the airport and get on our next plane. Nothing. Right? So I said it a little louder. Hey, Cody, we've got to wake up and go to the airport. Nothing. I picked his body up, and I'm like shaking him. Right? Jumping on him, nothing. I splashed water on him, nothing. I checked to make sure he was still breathing, nothing. And I basically had to sit him up in the bed, and he was lighter then, and I couldn't do it now, and sit him up in the bed and kind of wiggle him around, and finally he went, huh? And uh, we got him to the airport, and we wanted him. But if you've ever tried to wake somebody up, who's in a stupor, in a deep sleep, it's hard to do. And I'm telling you, Paul's got this targeted through the Holy Spirit because believers who are in a deep sleep are hard to wake up. It's easy for them just to keep going through the motions. It's easy for them just to keep walking through the routine. 
as Pastor Cole said already this morning. We get into our routines and it almost becomes a ritual or a religion for us. And this morning, I want to take this passage and really get into what God would have for us on this first day of the year. And we say, as we begin, this needs your attention. This needs your attention. If you have an email system on your computer or your tablet or your phone, uh, you probably get all sorts of different email. And most of the emails tend to be junk email. Uh, but even in junk email, they get marked with special banners and headlines and asterisks and, and jumping beans and all sorts of things because they're trying to get your attention. Anything they can do to get your attention. And uh, there's so many offers and enticements for your attention that it's to the point of ridiculous. And every once in a while, you get an email marked urgent. And you discover that it actually is and once in a while, there's actually an email where there's a real person who needs help with something. There's a real relationship at stake. There's a real problem that needs solved, and this actually needs your attention. Many things cry out for our focus, especially in 2017. The things that are distracting us in our lives are more than there have ever been. We have more available distractions than any group of people on planet Earth has ever known. And making your relationship with God a real thing and not just a, a drive-through touch point every week is essential. The time for an authentic walk with God is now. It's right now. You don't get a second chance at this relationship. I believe God's Word teaches us that our eternal relationship with God is founded upon this earthly relationship, this time that we have on this earth. Our salvation, see this, what it says at the end of the verse, our salvation is nearer than when we believed. I, I love to talk to all ages of people, and I especially, uh, I like to talk to our honored seasoned citizens and get to know their life story and know about uh, what's happened with them. And I, I hear so many times as they tell their stories, it all went by so fast, right? And have you ever looked at your grandkids or your kids and thought, it's all gone by so fast? Or you look at how many years you've been married or been in the relationship you're in and think, it's all gone by so fast. You know, the end is always nearer than when we believe it will be. It always is. And uh, this verse is so poignant because it, it hits us with this truth. Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Uh, Jesus is coming back at any moment. And, and yet, when we get into this spiritual sleep and we get into this state of, of just existing in the Christian life, sometimes we don't really focus on the fact that he's coming soon. Sometimes we get so distracted by the things of this earth <coughs> that we forget our salvation has an ending point when we see Christ. And so, uh, this is something really that we need to focus on. This needs our attention. 
Then I believe the passage goes on to this next part. Live on constant alert. Live on constant alert. There are people this morning, I'm sure, who are on call. And you're here, and you're in church, but if your phone goes off, or if your pager, do they still have pagers? Is that still a thing? If your pager goes off, that whatever it is, that you have to leave, and you have to go back out to work, because you're on call. And you're on constant alert. Uh, I remember when, when I was growing up, <coughs> yeah, I was born on a dairy farm uh, out between Nampa and Meridian, and and the uh, first few years of my life lived there, and, and my grandfather was a dairy farmer all the way until I was a senior in high school. And uh, the one thing I remember about the dairy business, the part I was exposed to, well, there were two things. The smell was one of the things. Um, another thing was that there were no days off. Uh, there just were no days off. In fact, there were no afternoons off. There really weren't any offs. Unless you got somebody to replace you, the cows needed milking, and then they needed fed, and then they needed their excrement moved, and then they needed milked again, and then they needed fed again. And uh, don't you get a kick out of, of people? And I, Like my kids, uh, Dawson's the one who always says this to me, Dad, if I'm going to have to clean it up again tomorrow, why should I clean it up today? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, there's no urgency on this. I mean, if I got to wash my clothes again, why wash them in the first place? <clears throat> and, we, and we get into these, these mind conundrums uh, where we say, you know what, I'd just like to take some time off. I, I'd just like to not be on alert for a while. Right? So, sometimes parents say, if I could just have a day away from my kids once in a while. Or moms with a, with a new baby. They love to be with the baby, but... Every once in a while, they like to be away from the baby for a little while because you're living on constant alert. And, and Paul's call for urgency here is not just a one-time action. It is a daily relationship-building process. It really is. And my wife and I are in our 23rd year of marriage, which is it's kind of hard to believe because when I look at her, she still looks like she's only been married for a few years. <clears throat> and then I look at myself like, whoa, you got bags under your eyes, man. Yeah, <clears throat> these glasses are pretty convenient to cover that up. But, you know, kids, uh, young people, people that, that get married, sometimes they have these ideals and they look at somebody who's got a great relationship and somebody who's been married for 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years and they say, that's the kind of relationship I want. And that's a great thing to purpose, and that's a great thing to watch. That's a great destination to shoot for and, and to get on that trail and move that way. But you don't get a 50-year marriage in the first year. You don't get a 20-year marriage in the first year. You know what you get the first year? A first-year marriage. That's what you get. There's no way to skip it. And, and pe young people, they, could, they try to skip what their parents did. And, and maybe when you were first married, you, you tried to get your whole house of furniture in the first six months, right? Not realizing that it took your parents 35 years to do that. And then it got you into debt. And then you had all sorts of problems. But, you know, you have to go through those things so that you can get to where you need to be. 
at it. You don't get a 20-year relationship with God in the first year. You have to keep walking on the path day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year. And sometimes the path is not easy. And sometimes in your relationship with God, it seems like God's silent. And sometimes it seems like God's not even around for your hardships. Now, he is. We know he is. We know that he's walking with us no matter what the circumstance. But you have to walk down that path a little way to get some perspective. And it really takes a daily relationship-building process. It takes this constant alert, being a, a person who lives in the present and walking in relationship. Paul told the Romans, look what it says here in verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. I think that phrase is so telling. Because every day you live as a Christian, the day is at hand. Every day. That's a day when you either choose to grow in a relationship with God or to step back from growth. And every day in 2017, you will choose whether or not to be in God's word. You're going to choose whether or not to have a genuine prayer life every day. You're going to choose whether or not to be a good steward of the resources God has given you. You're going to choose whether or not you'll be faithful to assemble with the body of Christ and whether or not you'll share Jesus with others or be silent. Those are daily relationship choices, and it's a process. When you take a day off from your relationship, it sets you back more than you think. You know how even in your relationships as a parent-child or husband-wife or even a friendship relationship, you know distance sometimes makes the relationship seem different. Distance makes it feel weird. And, and you may have a great relationship where you've been talking every day, and then you just miss one day. You just don't talk to each other one day. And uh, what happened at our house, usually between me and my wife, you know, I'll hear a question just like this when it's been hectic and, and maybe we've missed a day of talking. And lately, we've missed a whole bunch of days of walking because we usually walk, and it just has not been the greatest weather for walking outside. Uh, but she'll ask me this question. She'll say, do you still love me? And it, she means it, you know, in a playful way. But uh, she, I think she does anyway. But <laughs> she'll say, do you still love me? And, and uh, yeah, why would you say that? Well, we just haven't talked much the last day or two. And I, I think God, in our relationship with him, He's kind of the same way. And he, he really is saying to us as his children, do you still love me? Because you haven't talked to me for a while. And you've made some things more important than me. And you've made some of the events and some of the minutia and some of the trivial parts of your life more important than me. And, and God is our Father. He wants us to be on a constant alert. And he wants us to walk with him in a daily relationship. When we take that day off, 
It sets us back more than we think. When we treat God's house and when we treat God's glory as optional instead of essential, we move back in our relationship. When we don't value God's word as something that needs to be in our lives every single day, we struggle to be victorious Christians. And so we should live on constant alert. There are no days off. But then let's see this as we move forward in the passage. It says in verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. The next part of the message is abandon the artificial. Abandon the artificial. This world offers counterfeits to God's plan for every area of our lives, in every role that we play. Culture and and just the modern world will try to tell you how to have a fulfilled life, even if it's opposite of what God says. Uh, Culture has all these ideas on how marriage is supposed to work, usually in books that are written by people who've been divorced four times. Right? And God's got some plans on that, too. Uh, I love how child psychologists who have never had kids write books on how to raise kids. And, and then God, he wrote this book, too, called The Bible. Uh, and it's got some really good things in it about raising kids. But there are these artificial things that are out there in our, in, in our world today. And, and the cultural answers are never coming from the same foundation that God offers. The enemy excels. He excels at giving partial truth and partial lie. Satan never comes to anybody and just tells you this outright blatant lie. He comes in and he tells you something that's just one degree off. And he says, has God really said this? Is it really this way? And he he just mixes just a little bit of a lie in there, just enough to divert you from a real relationship with God. And and so this says, cast off the works of darkness, the ideas and the things that come at you from a carnal foundation. Most of the things that we give our time and our energy and our resources and our concern toward hold no long-term value. You can't even remember most of the things that you worried about in 2012, just five years ago. Or maybe there was a big thing in your life that year that you remember, but most of the things that you worried about even five years ago, they're gone. They've vacated your memory. And if I want a real walk with my Heavenly Father... I'm going to have to abandon the artificial elements of my life that hold no real value. In modern times, there are a whole lot of busy people. And we all see them, and maybe we are them. And even the busy people, I find, many times, have artificial urgency. Let me tell you what I mean. They have ultra-busy schedules, but they are the ones who make the schedules and impose the pressure on themselves to do it, right? It's not like anybody else puts some of those things on them. They put it on themselves. They're too busy for God, but they have time for 
every work-related thing, at every sporting event, at every health and beauty appointment, and overtime at work, whatever it is. I like what Jerry Falwell said once. He said, if you are too busy to read the Word of God every day, you're too busy. Isn't that simple? What it means is you're the one who creates your schedule. And so if you're too busy to keep your priorities right, rearrange your schedule. Take some things off your schedule, right? Uh, if you complain about not having any money, then sit down at the kitchen table and get every receipt of every dollar that you spent last month and figure out what you can cut out. But as human beings, we don't like to do that. We like to live for the immediate. We like to live for the now. And then we place this pressure on ourselves. And the more stuff we have, the more pressure there's on us. The more things we have to do, the more pressure there is on us. And these artificial responders, <coughs> these artificial catalysts in our lives are what push us away from a real relationship with God and away from real relationship with our family. And so it's this thing that we really have to focus on. Who makes your schedule? Who determines how much you're on your phone? Who determines how much TV you watch? Uh, who determines how many things you enroll your kids in? Who determines how many non-essential things you add into your life? See, the more low-priority options that we add into life, the more pressure we add to our relationship with the Heavenly Father. It's, it's natural. Jesus said it this way. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and stuff at the same time. And that's why there's this pressure that builds up in our lives. As we start this year, it's time to abandon the artificial. Verse 12, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And then it goes on in verse 13 to talk about what some of those are. Not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Now the works of darkness for your life may not be the same thing that they were five years ago. The works of darkness for your, your life may not be the same thing they were last year. Now, the works of darkness for your life might not be rioting and drunkenness anymore. It may not be chambering and wantonness anymore. You might be living closer to what Hebrews 12 and verse 1 calls the weights that so easily beset us. And those can actually be good things that just aren't the best thing. See, one of the excuses we give to ourselves in this artificial world we live in is, well, the things I'm doing aren't wrong, right? That makes sense, and that probably should be a good thing, right? You shouldn't be doing wrong things. If you know it's wrong, you're not supposed to do it. But a lot of times we do things that are okay, and they may even be right, and they may even be good, but they're not the best thing. They're not the best use of our time. And we're all in the same boat with this. We all work at this. And this is something we all are in together. In relationship with God, we're supposed to offer our best. 
And, it, and so you say, well, okay, you gave me all that. Now how am I supposed to do it? That's what the ending part of the message is. And that's what the end of verse number 12 is. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Fourth part of our message, armor up. Armor up. The end of verse 12 tells us here, put on the armor of light. How does that work? How do you put on the armor of light? I think verse 14 is such a clear word picture. It says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh. Putting on Jesus Christ is the best way to defeat the flesh and to live a victorious Christian life. And what it's saying here is, don't even give the flesh an opportunity. Don't even give it an opportunity. Your flesh will disappoint you every single time you give it a chance. You put your flesh into a situation to get angry or jealous or be greedy or lustful or resentful, and it's going to come through with flying colors every time. Your flesh, my flesh, naturally run towards sin. They don't have to be instructed. They don't have to be coerced. You don't ever have to teach a kid how to lie and how to cheat and how to steal. The flesh naturally goes that way. It runs that way. And if I want to serve the Lord, I can't allow my flesh to be in those situations. That's why Paul told Timothy to flee from temptation. He didn't say, hey, Timothy, get yourself into the worst temptation ever and then fight hard. It's not what he said. He said, flee. Don't even be close to it. Flee youthful lust. Get away from it by putting on Jesus Christ. Jesus walked this earth, and he never once made provision for the flesh. You know, Jesus never once allowed a human desire to be more important than his Father's will. He never once did. Today's big truth, I think, makes spiritual sense. We put it in your notes. It's not anything new. 2017 is the time to focus on my personal relationship with God. And it really is. And it starts today. And it's a daily alert. And it's something you really need to have in your life. And uh, there are so many tools out there that can help you with this. If you have any type of tablet or phone, you can download an app called YouVersion. And uh, that will help you with the Bible reading plans. There are myriads of plans. Maybe you use another app or another plan. That's great as long as you use something. And uh, I have had people tell me over the years, well, I just don't really like a plan because I like to let the spirit move. And what I always say is, how's that been working for you? Because if, if you don't have any type of plan to read your Bible every day, I can almost guarantee you, you won't do it. How, no matter how much the spirit moves. Okay, uh, there's also another great app. There's many apps for prayer too. I use an app called Prayer Prompter. And uh, I, you can download it, I think it's for every device, and you can put in the names of the people that you want to pray for, and even the certain things you want to pray for, and uh, if you want to pray for them every day, has that option. If you want to rotate different people, has that option. There are so many tools out there to help us in the Christian walk, 
to armor up and to live for God and to make it a daily part of our lives. We don't want to make it a year of going to church out of habit or duty. We don't want to make it a year of being religious Christians who do certain things just so we have a clear conscience. That's not the way toward a fulfilling walk. God wants to be close to you. He wants real relationship with you. And it's high time to walk with him. Today's faith challenge is, is a simple question. And it's one that, that seems to come up for me many times a year. It's something that I think about often. What will I do with my one and only life? Isn't that a great question? What will I do with my one and only life? I get one shot to walk on this earth and prepare for eternity. When I was a teenager, I heard a poem, and I think that this poem maybe has had the greatest effect on my life uh, out of anything, and I've got it written in the front of most of my Bibles, and you've probably heard it before. It says this, Only one life, so soon twill pass, only what's done for Christ will last. It's so simple, and yet it's so profound. Because if every day we don't walk into our daily routine and keep our eyes on the destination of being more like Christ, we won't do it. Life's too busy. Relationships steal from us. Uh, this world steals time from us and steals effort and energy from us. And we have to put on Jesus Christ. And I know that that's a statement. It's a generalization. I think there's a verse that explains it so well that we'll close with today in Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. If you've never committed this verse that I'm going to read to memory, this would be a great start to your year. Just to say, you know what? I'm going to learn this verse. I'm going to put it on a little card. I'm going to take it in my car with me. I'm going to put it on my mirror until I learn what it says. And then I'm going to live it. Here's what it says, Galatians 2. Verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And here's the word picture. Every day, every single day, you have to take this mortal flesh, you have to take this carnal being, and you have to nail him to the cross and allow Jesus Christ to be the one who comes back and walks through you. If we don't nail our carnal flesh to the cross every single day, it'll head the wrong direction. It'll have huge implications in where our lives end up. You want to end up somewhere. You've got some kind of hope or plan or dream for your life. And especially on the first day of the year, there are aspirations that you have of what you want as a person, uh, as a family person, a man, woman, boy, girl, teenager, whatever it is. You have those aspirations. And yet, if you're not on the path, you won't get to the destination. You know, the most important destination that we read about in Scripture, it's called eternal life. It's being with Jesus for all eternity. The Bible calls it a place called heaven. 
But the only way to get to that destination is on the path. And the path is the way, the truth, and the life. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the only way to eternal life. And if you've never received Jesus into your life, today on the first day of the year is a perfect time to do that. And to, to really have some time this afternoon or this evening to sit down and think about what's my daily walk as a believer going to be? What's my daily relationship with God going to look like? Because I only have one life and I want to live it for him. Let's bow together. As we bow, maybe you're here this morning and you'd admit to yourself, I don't have Jesus in my life. And I want you to know that you could pray to him right now, even from your seat and mean it in your heart. And say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that because of my sin, I deserve eternal death. And yet you came and died on a cross for my sins. The only reason why you came to earth was to die for sin. Now you offer me the gift of eternal life. Jesus, I receive your gift. Come into my life. Save me today. Help me to walk in relationship with you and not just to live a religion. And Father, I pray that you would be with each one of us now as we prepare our hearts to leave this place today, that you would help us to take the time on this first day of the year to set up a structure for our lives of being in relationship with you, of walking with you, of figuring out how we're going to interact in the family of God and participate in what you've called us to do. You're such a good God, and we're so thankful for the opportunities you've given us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to listen to a few announcements before you leave this morning. And Pastor Cole's coming to talk to us about those.